0: Hey guys, this is Chelsea Eithoven, and you're listening to Vibrancy Radio. I spent the better part of two decades in pursuit of shrinking my body, but diet after diet, I still never felt enough. And I don't know about you, but the last word I would use to describe myself while on a diet is vibrant. After becoming a certified health and nutrition coach, I finally dropped the diets, learned to trust my body again, and rediscovered the vibrancy that was within me all along. And now I help women like you do the same. Vibrancy Radio is your new go-to resource for science-backed nutritional knowledge, major mindset shifts, and body image breakthroughs. So if you're ready to stop feeling so dang stressed about food all the time and start focusing on all the things that make you unique and vibrant, then welcome to the show. And welcome to the very first episode of Vibrancy Radio. I am seriously so, so beyond grateful to have you here. So as you heard in the intro, this podcast is going to be all about nutrition, but it's also going to be about understanding your relationship with food in your body, because I think we all know it's a little more complex than saying just eat this food and don't eat that, right? So again, I want to welcome you and thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in. Uh, I know most podcasts kind of start out with an intro episode where they, t- I would tell you my story and I would kind of get into what this podcast is going to be all about. But to be dead honest, personally, I always skip those and I go straight for an episode of a topic that looks interesting to me. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get right into the like the juicy meaty stuff. So let's do that. I promise at some point I'll tell you my story, uh, But late, but I just kinda wanted to start off with a topic that I have found to be one of the most important pieces of my journey and my client's journey to a healthy relationship with food. And what that concept is that we're gonna dive into today is the concept of all foods fit. So I'm Chelsea Eithoven, I will tell you who I am at least, (laughs) and I'm a holistic health and nutrition coach for women. And I mainly help women that have been on the dieting merry-go-round for as long as they can remember. Women who feel like they can't even think about, think one body part that they like on their body, right? And in general, just feel consumed with thoughts of food and body, and they just feel like these thoughts consume their entire life, leaving no room for anything else, so for these women, I created a signature health coaching program called the Vibrancy Guide. And one of the the backbone of this program is improving your relationship with food in your body and really making it simple so that you don't feel like you have to spend your entire life counting macros, weighing your food, figuring out the net carbs of your food, uh, keeping a journal of what you're eating, and just in general being consumed with thoughts of food and body hatred and really never reaching a place where you truly feel confident. Because spoiler alert, it isn't the body that gives you confidence. And we'll get way deep into that later, but not on this episode. So yeah, I wanted to share with you one of the cornerstone pieces of my program, The Vibrancy Guide, and that is all foods fit. So first, let's talk about what is all foods fit. What does that even mean? What this means is there are no good or bad foods. And I'm using air quotes here. <laughs> Food has absolutely no moral value in within the concept of all foods fit. So there's definitely no denying that some foods have more nutritional value. Absolutely. Um, like broccoli obviously has more nutritional value than an Oreo, but that doesn't mean that we have to only eat the most nutritious whole foods all the time. It doesn't mean we have to eliminate foods that are quote unquote bad from our diet altogether. And in fact my obsession with these kinds of foods kind of dropped when I started realizing that I can eat, I can eat Oreo whenever I want. I can have a cupcake or pizza whenever I want, mac and cheese, all the things. I actually ended up eating less of it because I was sort of fueling this obsession by not allowing myself to have it. It's almost like the guy who plays hard to get, right? Like you just want it that much more. And there actually is a lot of deeper science behind this. And again, we'll get into that later. So first, I want to talk about where morality and food first started to intersect. I actually found this super interesting when I learned this, and I think you will too. It was really surprising to me. (laughs) So John Harvey Kellogg, who is the founder of Kellogg Breakfast Cereal, you might have heard of it, invented cornflakes, right? So Cornflakes are super popular, still on the shelves today, but I bet you don't know why he invented them. And if you have little ears in the car with you or anything like right now, maybe pause this and come back to it because this is just a little explicit. And I know you're thinking, how is something to do with cereal explicit? But you will see. So the reason that John Harvey Kellogg invented cornflakes he had some really strong ties to the church. Um, And he believed that pleasuring yourself sexually, masturbating, can't believe we're saying masturbating within the first five minutes of the podcast, but here we are. Welcome. (laughs) So he believed that masturbating was wrong. And He believed that meat and rich or flavorful foods or foods with lots of sugar actually increased sexual desire. So he created cornflakes with no sugar with that was meant to not taste flavorful and kind of just be bland and boring. He created those to dampen sexual desire. And when I learned that I was like, mind blown. So think about that. Think about all the ties that we have now created with food and morality. And this is one of the first times that this was actually tied together, bringing morality and being a good person with what you're eating. So a little bit more about John Harvey Kellogg. He, um, He remained celibate his entire life. He was married and his wife and himself had to adopt to have children. Sounds like a real cool guy, right? (laughs) But honestly, jokes aside, that's one of the first times that food and morality were kind of tied together and now they're almost inextricable inextricably connected in our society. We see all kinds of marketing and labels and general talk about food being quote-unquote clean or guilt-free or good or bad. And we hear people talking about themselves when they eat certain foods. They say, oh, I was so bad. You know, last night I was so bad. I had a bowl of ice cream you know what, you didn't rob an orphanage, Jessica, you just ate something with some artificial sugar. So let's just make that distinction. (laughs) And yeah, I'm gonna call, call out some Jessicas if your name is Jessica, I'm sorry, I love you, but that's just, I don't know. Anyways, so why, going back to All Foods Fit, why do I believe that All Foods Fit is kind of the best policy? So for me, this has been the path to food freedom. I definitely do not consider myself an intuitive eater. Uh, And my program, The Vibrancy Guide, is not an intuitive eating program. I am a health and nutrition coach, and I do teach people how to improve their nutrition and their consistency in dietary changes. So people who want to get healthier, women who want to lose weight. Yes, we want food freedom, but we want that in conjunction with with. Living a healthier life and feeling more energized and feeling really good in our bodies, and we are allowed to want both of those. I think we think, especially there, the the scene right now when it comes to health and wellness is very divided, and I am somewhere in the messy middle, in between the intuitive eating, the haze, the people who say that if you're on a diet, you're you're promoting diet culture. There's that side of things, and then there's a the side of things where is you know, fitness and health and wellness and being keto and cutting out carbs and cutting out meat and cutting out all these things. So I'm somewhere in the messy middle. I think you can love your, learn to love your body, pursue food food freedom, and also pursue a healthy body and that may result in weight loss. So I went off on a tangent there a little bit. Um, but what most people think is that the opposite to all foods fit is they think that if they allow themselves to eat an Oreo, then they'll kind of have no breaks with that food and they'll just keep eating it forever and ever and ever, right? And never stop. Um, And they think that health cannot go hand in hand with eating all the foods that you love. It's just, you know, it kind of comes with the territory. I want to lose weight. Okay. I got to cut out these foods. Now, Legitimately, I want to give you want you to give this a try. I want you to try a food that is a quote-unquote no-breaks food for you that you think if you start eating it, you're going to eat all of it forever, okay? Seriously, try and only eat Oreos for as long as you can. Whatever the trigger food is for you, maybe it's fettuccine alfredo. I don't know. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Guarantee you eat that for one meal and you're like that was great. That was amazing. After meal two or three of only eating Oreos or cake or fettuccine Alfredo or fast food, Chick-fil-A, stuff like that, whatever it is, you will get so freaking sick of it that you will never want to look at an Oreo again. You will be begging to eat a salad, really anything but Oreos. So my point here is you're kind of putting Oreos on a pedestal. Again, insert your food of choice. Um... And the really ironic thing is that once you stop doing that and you start learning how to incorporate these treats in your life in moderation, you'll stop the cycle of the restrict and then binge and restrict and binge and restrict and binge. So here's an idea what this cycle might look like for you now. Or speaking for myself, this is what the cycle used to look like for me. So Monday morning, you start out with egg whites and spinach for breakfast with some dry ass toast because you're not going to eat butter right now. I mean, I love toast, but dry ass toast is disgusting. (laughs) Or maybe you're cutting carbs and so you're not even, even eating toast at all. Okay, so that's breakfast on Monday morning. You're like, okay, I'm still good. We're doing good. Lunch, you have some dry-ass grilled chicken breast. I mean, come on, guys. If you haven't started eating chicken thighs, they're so much better. For real. For real. But anyways, you have for lunch, you have your chicken breast and veggies and rice. Your bro meal, okay? And dinner, you have more dry-ass chicken breast on a salad, okay? You end the day and you're like, yes, I was good. I'm going to be so skinny. I'm going to look so good for summer. Whatever. So Monday and Thursday, look, Monday through Thursday kind of looks pretty similar to this, right? You do good. You're white knuckling your way through the week. You're avoiding everything and anything, all of the donuts in the office, all of the candy, all of the alcohol. You don't allow yourself to have anything that is off the plan, right? Then by the time it gets to Friday, you wake up on Friday morning and you're just like, you do not. The last thing you want to see is your dry ass toast (laughs) and your egg whites and your spinach. So on Friday, maybe it looks like this. 9am, you don't feel like making your egg whites. So you go to Starbucks and you get a pumpkin spice latte or a white chocolate mocha, something delicious like that. And a muffin. You're like, treat yourself, right? It's Friday. Treat yourself. It's almost the weekend. Then at 1030 in the office, you have like handful of mini Snickers, you start with maybe one and then you come back and you get two more and then you come back and get four more from your coworker who always keeps Snickers in her desk. You end up eating like 12, let's say. Then 1130, your mindset is you're like, well, I already ruined it for the day. So I might as well just start again on Monday. So that there in itself gives you an excuse to let it all go. And the floodgates have Opened right? You are on. It's the all or nothing mindset. Monday through Thursday, you were all, and now it's Friday through Sunday, and it's nothing. So 11:30, you have a donut because people bring donuts into the office. At 130, a couple of your coworkers are going to Five Guys Burgers and Fries. So you go and you get Five You get a burger, you get fries, you get a Coke Heavy, right? Like the full fat Coke. You ain't getting the Coke Zero. You get the full fat. You will get Coke Zero again on Monday. Uh, at 3:30, you eat. A handful of salt and vinegar lays and then at 3 45 you have another couple handfuls of salt and vinegar lays and at 5 p.m you guys go for a you go for happy hour so you have a couple aperol spritzes which normally you would only get vodka water but it's friday whatever at 7 p.m you go for mexican you get queso and chips and guac and you have Two fried tacos, and you say, yeah, screw it, whatever." I'm gonna get a monster margarita. You're already a little tipsy, and then you go to the bar afterwards. And eight to eleven p.m., you have six gin and tonics. Then at eleven thirty, you have half of a Pizza Hut pizza. And on Saturday, you wake up, you're hungover. At ten a.m., you reheat more pizza, and you just kind of say, "Like, okay, whatever." You know what? It's a wash. On Monday, I'll be good again. We'll try this again. It's okay. I deserve this. I did so good all week. So that has to count for something, right? You are in this almost self-sabotaging cycle. And I was in this cycle for years and I blamed myself. I was like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I stick to this through the weekend? Like, why can't I make it to Saturday? Why do I, like, I felt like I was constantly fighting my body. I would just have this compulsion to eat and eat and eat. But if I would have known sooner that if I would just start learning to include the foods that I love on a daily basis, then I would never have the desire to go overboard like that. Because honestly, it doesn't feel good, right? Starting to view health as a state that makes you feel good versus a state that makes you skinny is a game changer, point blank, period. Because if you're honest with yourself, you know neither of those phases of that all or nothing feel good. The overly restrictive, you know, only eating, not eating anything that you enjoy, living through excessive hunger and constantly thinking about food and weighing and measuring every little thing that you eat, that doesn't feel good. And neither does the overeating, that Friday day, Oh, I can just, I can feel it now because I've done it so much in my life, but just that feeling, you wake up the next morning, you almost feel, you feel puffy and bloated and greasy and tired and, oh, it is a horrible feeling. And this is not to say that you're not going to overindulge from time to time, right? That happens too. But if you start fitting in these foods now, then, and learning how to eat them in moderation, then it stops this cycle in its tracks. There is a better way. So let's talk about how to get started with all foods fit because I know it's not as easy as it sounds, right? And I think if it, sometimes it can be a little oversimplified, um, And I do have some beef with intuitive eating. I mean, I don't really have beef. I think intuitive eating is a wonderful movement. I think it's amazing. Like just listen to your body. Your body knows what it wants, right? But it's a little fairy tale um, when you're kind of coming from the scenario I just talked about. It doesn't feel realistic. You don't even know what your body wants yet. You know, you've been so busy not listening to your body for so long that it's not as simple as just you know, I'm just going to start listening to my body. So I think there needs to be a step in between. And that's what I'm proposing is this step in between. So some structure, because I don't know about you, but a lack of structure really causes me to lose it. I need structure in my life. Otherwise I do really let it all go. I need, I, my brain does not function without structure. So if you want to get started with All Foods Fit today, I want to give you a strategy that you can literally do right now. So go get some pen and paper. So get, get get a pen, get some pieces of paper, do it. No, for real. I want you to pause this and go get the paper and the pen. I'll be right here. Okay, pause it. Okay, now that you're back, you're going to write a list. So start with the foods that are your absolute favorite in the world. The ones that literally make your mouth water. Like off the top of my head, I'm thinking of uh, Krispy Kreme donuts, right? Like hot and fresh, just the traditional glazed ones. Fettuccine Alfredo. Chili's queso is my jam. Also, I'm not a big French fry girl, but Chili's French fries and ranch, so good. Like the works. Write down as many as you can. Make a big list. So pause this, write out your list, and make sure to add onto that list also any foods that you feel like currently when you are on a diet or you are quote unquote being good that you're not allowing yourself to eat. So, you know, if you feel like you can't just eat a little bit of a certain food, you have to eat all the food. Or if you feel like it has too many calories, add those kinds of foods on the list too. So uh, some examples of this that I see a lot currently, I mean, carbs is a big one in our society right now that is carbs are getting too much flack. You know, they really are. And more on that later, why carbs are amazing and why they will not make you fat. But carbs might be one, you know, just plain bread, even though, you know, bread's not, you know, it's not the worst thing you could eat. It's not a... Big Mac and a large fry, but people have beef with bread. So bread, it could be butter, could be butter and bread together. Ooh, Hawaiian sweet rolls with butter. So good. Bluebell ice cream, Chick-fil-A nuggets, whatever it is. Write them all out. Just get them all out there. As many as you can think of. So this is what you're going to do. You have your list of your foods. We're going to call these treat foods, not cheat Treat. There is such a difference and language is important, okay? So you are going to keep your meals the same. Let's say right now, currently, you're in this cycle that I was talking about, like the Monday through Thursday, eating quote unquote perfect, the all or nothing thing. Keep your meals the same. Right now, we're not even going to talk about the ideal meal structure, right? Eat your eggs, egg whites, and your dry toast if you must, dry ass toast. (laughs) Then start slowly adding in the foods that cause you fear or make you feel like you're going to gain weight. You're going to add these, some of these foods from this list, your treat foods two times a day in small amounts. So for breakfast, if you're having your egg egg whites and your dry ass toast, you're also eating a small portion of what we're going to call a treat maybe it's one reese's cup maybe it's some butter on your toast that you haven't done in years because butter has too many calories you think i don't know whatever foods you feel fearful of because you feel feel like if you eat it you're going to get fat or you can't stop you're going to start incorporating those in your meals and here is something huge to remember it's not the poison it's the dose Okay, so just remember that phrase. When you feel that fear coming up, it's not the poison, it's the dose. You will not gain weight from eating, let's say you have your treat two times a day and it's two a Reese's cup. You will not gain weight from eating two Reese's cup a day. And in fact, depending on lots of factors. If you are eating a certain way, you'll likely still be in a calorie deficit if that's your goal. Um, And that's a whole nother story. But we gain weight from eating more calories than our body can burn. Not, Not burning from exercise either, right? Just burning from living your life. So don't come at me and message me on Instagram and say that you can't eat your treat today because you didn't run on the treadmill, Jessica. All right? I know you. No. Your body is burning calories just living your life. So you're having these treats every day in small portions. And yeah, let's talk about the portion size for a second. Because if I know y'all and you're my people, I'm going to get a bunch of DMs asking me if I don't give the details. (laughs) Like my people like details like me. This is the first podcast I've done, but I know my people. So if it's something that is a part of your meal, so some thoughts with this, maybe your Like a a piece of bread or pasta or chicken nuggets, maybe a protein or a carb source, then you will have a palm sized portion of that. So if you look at your hand without your fingers, your palm is a good kind of guideline. So, you know, maybe one piece of bread, a a small, like a small scoop of pasta, not a huge amount because I know it's scary. just a small amount. Uh, And that will be your portion size if it's a piece of your meal. So palm size, if you look at it, that's really not a huge amount. If it is something that's truly treat like, so let's say it's a donut or candy or something that's not really substantial enough to be part of your meal, uh, and it's not going to keep you full or sustain you. You're going to have half a palm size portion. So, and you're going to add that onto your meal. So you already have your well-rounded meal with your protein, your veggies, your carbs, your healthy fat, whatever. Um, and your dry ass toast. (laughs) And then you are going to have a a half a palm size portion. So if that's an Oreo, maybe that's one Oreo or two Oreos, uh, one or two Reese cups, um, one or two mini Snickers, things like that. And here's the other part of this assignment. You're going to slow down and smell the freaking Oreos. You're going to take your time. And at the very least, when you're eating your treat... You're going to stop all distractions. You're going to use every single one of your senses to enjoy that treat. Every single sense. You're not going to try to rush through it or pretend it didn't happen. I think it's so funny, actually, that we do this. We think about some certain food all day. We obsess about it, right? And then we, when we finally get it and we finally eat it, we distract ourselves. We rob ourselves of the experience And we cheat ourselves of experiencing what we've been lusting for for so long. We sit there in front of the TV and we scarf it down super quick. We scroll our phones. We eat it standing up at the pantry. That is a big thing that I know is happening a lot because I used to do that. (laughs) Standing up at the pantry and not paying attention. It's almost like we're trying to hide it from ourselves, right? But if you get used to slowing down, enjoying every last morsel of that treat and really just mm, just enjoying every last bit your brain will get a level of satisfaction that you are not getting at all when you're scarfing it down right So you slowed down you enjoyed your treat and I know what you're thinking in your head right now you might, Yes, there is going to be times that you might eat more than an Oreo. You might start eating your treat and have a hard time stopping and go back for more and more and more. And it is okay. You're learning. You're adjusting. You're deconditioning years of the way that you've eaten a certain food. So if for years, every time you eat pizza, you eat the whole freaking pizza, then yeah, you're you're conditioned to do that. Your, your brain wants to do that because that's what it's used to doing. So there's going to be times that you mess up and it is okay. So compassion for yourself is super important at this time. Being open to being a learner and learning to change your experience with food and understanding that this is going to take some time um, is important, I think. So replacing all judgment with curiosity. We are not judging ourselves through this. And something to remember as well is that the restriction is what causes the overeating, not the other way around, right? So we think that we have to restrict Because we have this issue with overeating, right? Like I'm an overeater every time I, every, and you are proving yourself right, right? Every weekend when you are near the pizza or the chips and queso or whatever, you prove yourself right and you overeat, right? And we think that that's our issue. And in response to that, we're going to restrict because we overeat. So we've got to white knuckle our way through it. Interesting thing is we actually have this all backwards. Overeating is actually what's The restriction is actually what's causing the overeating. Overeating is a physiological response to deprivation. So think about it this way. First, remember that our bodies, their only purpose in life is to keep us alive. (laughs) Only purpose. They want to keep us alive and ensure survival. So let's look at this with something else besides eating. So let's think about breathing, Imagine I asked you to hold your breath for as long as you can, like as long as you can until you die. Hold your breath until you die. You wouldn't hold your breath until you died. You would likely stop right before that, (laughs) hopefully way before you pass out. And you would take, would you take just like a regular breath? Probably not. You're probably gonna take a giant gulp of air, right? You're like, (gasps) you wouldn't just take a small breath. And this is what your body is doing to compensate for the lack of oxygen. You just deprived it of oxygen. So it's going to recover from that in response to the lack of oxygen with a giant flood of oxygen and try to get as much oxygen as it can. This is exactly what's happening to a lack of food. So Your body is responding to a lack of food with driving you with impulses and sending you impulse after impulse to overeat. And you think it's something wrong with you, but it's actually something right with you because your body is just trying to keep you alive. If your body is doing that for you and driving you to overeat, that is an excellent thing. It means everything is functioning in your body the way that it should, because this is what our bodies are supposed to do. So keep that in mind. Um, And back to the strategy. Try and stick with the same treat until you get sick of it, because you will trust me, like I've done this with ev- all the foods that I talked about before, um, with donuts and with Oreos and with cereal, cereal is one that I forgot, cereal is a big one, um, cookies and just all kinds of, for me, it's lots of sweet treats, you will get sick of it. And this in itself is how that food loses its power over you. I'm not saying you'll never want it again. That's not the point. The point is to be comfortable eating a small portion of it and really enjoying it and not having to feel that compulsion to eat so much every time you eat it. And finding that nice balance, that 80-20, which means 80% of your foods are whole foods, nutritious, really great for your body, and 20% are foods that on, on these li- this list that we really love, but we rarely allow ourselves to eat. So. The food will start to lose power over you. I've had a thing of cookie dough in my fridge for months now because I was using it as my treat food for a while and it was amazing. And then I got really sick of it. I was like, okay, honestly, I'm over it. I don't want that anymore. So when I go to parties, when I go to events, when I'm not sure what the food situation is going to be, and there's pizza and ice cream and French fries and all this stuff around, what do I do? I... Fill my plate first with veggies and protein, and then I put small amounts of treat foods on there that I enjoy. And I have no problem doing that. And I feel perfectly satisfied and I never feel overstuffed and, you know, just horrible about my choices. I don't feel like I can't control myself around food. Sometimes there's times, absolutely Thanksgiving, or if I'm at a restaurant that I am not going to go to ever again, sure, I overeat and I don't always perfectly have a perfectly balanced plate this isn't about perfection. It's about regaining that control and not letting food have the power over you that it's had for years and years and years. And it's making you feel like crap about yourself because you feel like it's your fault and it's not your fault. So the desire to binge on these foods like a wild wildebeest will subside slowly. Trust me on this. And the last step in this is I want you to tag me in your treats on Instagram. So if you do this, I want to see you practicing this strategy and starting to build a healthy relationship with food. So you can find me on Instagram at brightlightchels. So tag me if you need to see how that's spelled. It's spelled exactly how it sounds, but you can look in the show notes. Um, Find me on Instagram, tag me in your treats. I want to see what you're doing. And of course, with food freedom, this is only one piece of the food freedom picture. This is only one tiny piece of regaining control of food in your life and starting to learn about all the things that make you vibrant again because you're making more space in your brain because you're not thinking about food constantly. So since this is only one piece of it, if you need more support in this area, I also want to let you know about my program that I talked about earlier. I'm currently accepting a couple new clients. So the program, The Vibrancy Guide, is a 13-week health coaching program for women. And it's designed to help you stop spending all your time thinking and worrying about food in your body so you have more time to spend on all the things that make you the badass woman that you are. Because I know you are if you're listening to this. And if you want more info, like I said, find me on Instagram. There's lots of info there and you can shoot me a DM and we can talk about it or go ahead and fill out the application. The link is in the show notes. If you just right now know that this is for you. So with that being said, I'm going to wrap up the very first episode of Vibrancy Radio here. Okay. So we talked about all foods fit. We're going to continue talking about nutritional concepts and all the things that will help you just become your best, most vibrant self and have more room to, for the things that make you vibrant and not so much time spent thinking about food and body because you are so much more than that. So remember to tag me in those treat pictures and I will see you next time. Bye.